A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, besties, and welcome to the Self Love Club. Just trying to mix up my hellos there. The podcast dedicated to chatting about stuff that matters, real talk and lols. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. On the show, it's a book club episode. We're joined by best-selling author Pip Drysdale. Pip is a writer, musician and actor and has lived all over the world pursuing her creative craft. She has some incredible stories. Pip is behind three best-selling titles and she's working on her fourth. When I discovered Pip's books, I read the first two within a day of each other. Pip has cracked the code of books you cannot put down and they've been the most popular that I've shared in my book club. You can watch clips of our chat. Make sure you follow and watch at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. Right, let's get into it. Pip, welcome yeah. to the Self Love Club. Thank you so much for your time today. So excited to have a chat with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, now I discovered your books and... I started sharing them and people were like, we love these. They're the most popular books I've ever shared as part of my book club. So it was really cool to be able to connect with you through finding your book sometime. <laughs> I know. It's really cool, hey? Sometimes yeah. I hate the internet, but when things like that happen, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a bit about yourself. And obviously you're an author, but tell us about yourself and what you do. Well, my name's Pip and I like Netflix. No, um, I'm an author. I have lived all over the world. I mainly think of myself as a storyteller. So when I'm writing, I'm not sitting there thinking, how can I be a writer? I'm thinking, how can I tell a story? So yeah, and you're totally very know what else to No, you. you're, you're very good at it. We'll go through everything soon. But growing yeah. up, did you know that you wanted to be an author or did you know what you wanted to do at all? I always knew I wanted to do something creative and I was always telling stories in one way or another. Like when I was really little, I tried to write a book, which did not go well. <laughs> and um, I used to try to write songs and I used to have this thing that I did with um, tape decks because tape decks were still a thing back then. And I'd put a tape in and I'd go off by myself and I'd have all my sound effects, like a little bowl of water and a pot <laughs> and stuff. And Jack jumped into the pool. Oh my goodness. And then Jack went for a walk. And I'd make these stories up with like the sound effects and stuff. So I feel like I was always going to write books, mm. but... Um, but yeah, I've gone through pretty much every creative endeavor, though. I was an actress for a while. I was a singer-songwriter for a while, um, did art at A-level. I, I really have gone through them. So Yeah, you have had quite an interesting life, really. You've lived in lots of places. You've tried lots of things. So when you left school, yeah. what did you do and where did you go? Well, straight out of school, actually, I went to advertising school to study copywriting. So that was in Cape Town. I remember feeling so out of my depth because I was the youngest person there and everyone was kind of 10 years older than me. And all I wanted was to be out in the world, experiencing life and gathering stories and finding things that I could use in my work. So I did that for a while. And then my parents came over to Australia and I didn't want to be left there by myself. So um, I came over to Australia. And promptly went, met a guy and went over to New York to be with him and got married to him. <laughs> and um, that was great. And I was an actress over there. And then um, that sadly didn't work out. And we got divorced two years later. So I came back to Australia 
where I studied um, English at university. Oh, and I was writing songs the whole time. Yeah. Like I, when I was in New York, I picked up the guitar and I worked with a guy who taught me um, how to play and I started writing songs. So I came back to Australia and that was kind of my focus at that point. I was studying English, but it was always poetry I was interested in as opposed to fiction. And so I'd make these records and I'd play at little cafes and tour around doing little festivals and stuff. And then that took me over to London and I was doing that in the UK. I did it around Germany as well and um, a little bit over in the States. And then in around 2015, I kind of just shifted focus and I'd kind of lost interest in writing songs. And it's so hard to explain why that happens, like why one chapter ends and it's just not what fascinates you anymore, but something else does. But that's what happened to me. And um, books really fascinated me and long form stories fascinated me. So I started and like when I started The Sunday Girl, you kind of deep down, you really wanted to get published and you really hope for that. But also I just really wanted to write it. And then everything went from there. Yeah. You're a best-selling author of three books so far, and we'll talk more about your yeah. upcoming one soon. But talk us through the process yeah. of writing Sunday Girl. Did that sort of just come out of you? Were you just one day sitting down and you just wrote the story? No. I had recently gone through a breakup, and um, so I was kind of filled with the with the rage. <laughs> you know, He had not been a nice man to me. So um, I was kind of filled with that. And I sometimes think that the best way to start writing a book or anything, even if it's a song, is to really feel something strongly. And when you feel something strongly, it will turn into a work, right? Mm. So I had that feeling to begin with. And I just started writing it in bed one Saturday morning because I was working full time at the time in London. And then every weekend I started going to this little diner near home um, where they had bottomless coffee and like the best pancakes and French <laughs> toast ever. Um, and I'd sit there all morning and I would drink bottomless coffee and I would write and I'd do that Saturday and Sunday and then go about my weekend. Then I had a first draft and I then you go through the whole arduous process of trying to refine the first draft. But that's how that one happened. Yeah. And so have all your books been inspired by things that have happened to you? How do you come up with the ideas, I guess, of the stories? I mean, fiction sounds, I love it. It's such a great escape. But how do you come up with the ideas of what to write about those stories? I don't really know. None of them are true, but they all have truth in them if that makes sense. You know, you go through life and you collect these truths and you feel things and you experience things or witness things. And so when you sit down to write fiction or when I sit down to write fiction, I'm not writing a true story or true characters, but I am infusing it with truths I have observed. Mm. Um, so how do I get my ideas? I literally wish I could tell you. I don't know. If I knew, I'd write it down and then I'd just keep doing it. <laughs> but it was serendipitous. Like, um, like you're wandering through life and number of different things come at you from different angles and and then you have an idea mm. and it's something that's interesting to you. Often it's it's spurred on by, like I said before, a feeling. So it's like, for example, with my third book, The Paris Affair, um, the feeling behind that was Harper really doesn't believe in love and she doesn't want love, right? So I obviously put her in the city of love because how fun is that? Yeah, But um, <laughs> irony. <laughs> yeah, Right, I love the irony. But it was a case of how did that idea come about? I guess I was just sitting there wondering when love 
always seems to go wrong eventually. And quite logically, it can only end. And she actually says this in the book mm. in disillusion, divorce, or um, what's the other one? Death. Um, why do we keep doing it? You know, I was really, I was kind of spurred on by questioning why it is, because we do. It doesn't matter that it will probably end in pain one way or the other mm. at some point. We still do it, mm. you know, and we always do it. And I was just intrigued by that. So that's kind of how I get my ideas. Yeah. And all of your characters, I mean, I've read all three of your books. I can't wait for the next one. But all of your characters, yeah. I love them. Yeah. They're very strong women, even though they might seem that they may be a little bit broken, but they're fighters, especially Harper. Like she, I mean, all of them, they're all fighters. They're strong. And I think that's quite inspiring in a way. Yeah, well, I genuinely believe that all women are strong. I really believe that you can sort of do all sorts of things to a woman, but she will have this incredible spine and this incredible fire inside her and she can accomplish great things. I really believe that about all of us. Mm. Um, so obviously my books are going to um, show that. And also, um, like, I also believe that we all have, we all have vulnerabilities and we all have flaws and we all have things that make us a little bit broken. There's not a single human being wandering around. I mean, I mean, I was going to say save a sociopath, but they're also <laughs> broken in their own way, right? Yeah. They're all a little bit broken in one way or another. And usually the people that are the most broken are the ones who think they're not broken at all, mm. right? Yeah, and they often find themselves, your characters, in scary situations and they just manage to fight their way out, which I love. You know, it's again, it's that warrior, it's that strong woman that seems to live through all of your writing, yeah. Well, I, I want that for us, yeah. like collectively. Talk us through the first moment, your first book, when you got published or that you knew you were going to have a book deal. What was that feeling like for you? You'd written this book, you'd gone through a breakup, you know, you probably had a really rough time, you're living in London. What was that like? Yeah. Well, by that point, I was back in Australia and it was just phenomenal. I, it was complete and utter bliss because, you know, it just seemed like this impossible thing. You you tell yourself it's going to happen. You tell yourself you're going to keep going until it happens. And I would have. I mean, if that one hadn't got published, I would have just kept writing and I would have kept sending it out. And eventually, if you stick with it, eventually something breaks, right? I mean, it just felt phenomenal. And it felt like all the stars had finally lined up. And, yeah, I felt incredibly lucky. I still feel really lucky. Mm. Like, my work, it's it's not easy. And it drives me insane half the time. And there are plenty of days where my friends will tell you that I hate it, but I don't. You know, I absolutely love it. You know, um. talk us through a day in, I guess, in your working life, because writing is a hard job, storytelling. It's, you know, there's probably times where you don't feel inspired or, you know, you can't get all the yeah. words out. There's probably some days where you can write heaps, but. Talk us through how your day looks like. And, you know, are you focused on writing a lot? Um, yeah. Well, what I do is I wake up, I put on coffee, like a pot of coffee, and then I sit in bed and I write. And I might only do an hour, but I do that every day. Mainly because if I do it very early in the morning, I haven't had time to talk myself out of it. Right. So I haven't had time to get anxious about it or worried or fearful. I'm like still half asleep. So <laughs> I'm too tired to be worried. That's when I start. And then usually if I've done that first part, it's opened up the creative kind of trapdoor. So then I'm constantly thinking about it for the rest of the day and going back to it or thinking and making notes on my phone or actually sitting there and writing a load. It really depends which part of the process I'm in as to 
how much I do each day. For example, in the very first part of a draft, there'll be like a furious part at the very beginning where I'm really writing a ton and it might all be useless. I don't know at that point, you know, I'm just getting it out. But then things slow down and I start doing only like 500 words a day, just kind of mapping out the rest of the story. Then once I get to the end of that, I tend to, at that point, I get a little bit more specific and I'll spend more time each day working on it. But that's because I need less of the thinking time, if Mm. that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. Because like a lot of writing is thinking. It's not even the the act of sitting down and typing at the computer. It's sitting there staring at a wall, Mm. looking like you're doing nothing. But actually you're trying to figure out why this character does what they do and why you love her anyway and what it is that drives her to do that and um, what it is that drives the other characters to do what they do. You're really trying to truly understand everybody. Mm. Once your first book was published and it did become a bestseller, I mean, that's everyone's dream, right? Every storyteller's dream. What was that like for you? Were you like, could you believe it? Yeah, that was shocking as well. It was all all phenomenal. Like it was just so good. I didn't really know what to say about that because I would just, I couldn't really believe it, you know, it had all come together. And it came after a really long period of time where things had gone really bad because I really do believe that about life. It really is like a pendulum swinging. Things get really horrifically bad and then they do bounce back and they get great. And then you grab onto that for as long as you can because Mm. it's going to swing back and then it swings back. And that's just how my life has always gone. So, um, So, yeah, I remember sitting in the hotel room in Sydney when my publisher had flown me over. Um, They had a like a party thing. And I remember sitting there looking out at the harbour and I was eating this ridiculously expensive burger on my bed because, you know, hotel burgers can be ridiculously Mm. expensive. I remember thinking, just like try to remember this feeling because it's amazing. And it shows you that you shouldn't lose faith in life because sometimes things fall together and you don't know that they're going to, you know. Mm. Yeah. And then when did you get to work on your next book? You are very, I know it's hard when someone's telling you compliments, but you've got a very good skill that you're able to write books that people can't put down. And I don't think everyone has that skill. Like literally, the, I think I read both of your first books in like a, a couple of days, like within each other, you know, and, and yeah. when I've shared them with my followers, yeah. they've done the same. And, and a lot of them have been like, I can't always read a book that quickly, but I just could not put this book down. So is that something you've aspired to? Or is that something you just I guess you can do well when I started writing I was like I want to write drugs like I thought, <laughs> you have <laughs> really you definitely drugs. have you've cracked whatever it is I like, yeah I want to write it so that it's fun and exciting and you escape into it and it does the same thing to your brain as like if you're having a boozy night or whatever it does I wanted to write those kind of books I really wasn't interested in writing something that felt like a lot of work for the reader and obviously things morph and change a little bit as you go but um, that could have something to do with it I don't know also I like books that I can't put down so I tend to I think you write things that you particularly find interesting yeah you know because a lot of books these days and a lot of them can be slow burns and you know it's a hundred pages until you really get hooked into it or even longer I find but yeah you've definitely yours are a lot faster than that so talk us through when you got on to your next book because you know you wrote Sunday Girl then you were on to your next your second book talk us through that yes okay well 
The Sunday Girl came out in September 2018, and then The Strangers We Know came out in December 2019. So I wrote that one very quickly because I hadn't written it when The Sunday Girl came out. I started it directly afterwards. I'd been trying to write a completely different book, which just did not work out. And so when The Sunday Girl came out, I kind of just threw the other one in the bin and started The Strangers We Know because I was contracted for two books. So I wrote it really quickly. It was incredibly hard to do it that quickly, but I also had to, I had a deadline, you know, so I did it. Um, yeah. And that's all there is to say about that one, yeah. really. Yeah. And then on to the third one, you know, just pumping them out. The third one, I started late 2019 and then I came out um early this year in February. So yeah, I mean, they've all been quite quick. I do think that's enough time. Mm. Any shorter would be really, really, really impossible. But I think you can do maybe one every year in two months, you know, like one a year, one every year in two months, 14 months. That's kind of a happy place. Still to come on the show, we find out more about Pip's story as a best-selling author, the inside scoop on her next book, plus will there be more important question and a stack of advice. But first, we're an independent podcast and there are some easy ways you can support us. We rely heavily on this. It means that we can keep making a free podcast for you. Make sure you hit follow on your podcast app so you're subscribed. We're on all of them. Select automatic downloads on Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying listening, please leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. Find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram to keep up with our content, including videos from our episodes, inside scoops, self-love notes, and little reminders. Plus, we do love a spicy meme and a funny video. Show us where you're listening, or you can take a screenshot of your podcast app, post it on your Instagram story, and tag us so we can see and share. Tell your mates, your sisters, your workmates, everyone about us. And thank you so much for supporting the Self Love Club over the last three years let's get back into our chat with pip drysdale we can't wait for your next book you're writing that at the moment aren't you yeah i am can we expect similar I think I'll ruin it oh you don't tell me like, anything i don't want anything we don't want anything don't want- <laughs> yeah, no. we're so excited for it we can't wait yeah it's based in new york i can tell you that much and um oh, i don't think i can tell you no that's else, fine that's that's up. enough yeah it's out at the end of 2022. So it's due to my publisher in November, but it's only out at the end of next year, which gives us plenty of time for yeah. um, rewrites and stuff because you want to get it right and you want each one to have its own personality because you'll notice that each of my books have their own kind of personality and their own way of being, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it takes a tiny bit of time to morph from one character to another and like embody their life experiences, but also staying on brand. Yeah. And I tell you, it is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you want to keep writing more and more? Oh my God. Yeah. I Look, I want to write one a year for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's the best news that. ever. Woo. Because honestly, like I would not, yeah. I, I mean, we're satisfied, but we're not, no, actually, no, we want that. That's the best news you could have given us. We really, <laughs> Oh, that's such great yeah. news because I look at the three of, and I can reread them, but, you know, just we need more. Yeah. So we're really pumped for that because I know it is such a huge amount of work. People might not realise. I mean, I think yeah. writing a book is one of the hardest things you can do. And like you say, you spend your days staring at a wall, like feeling like you're not doing anything. And it's and then so many people get to enjoy that process you go through, which doesn't sound very easy at all. It sounds almost torturous at times. It is really, really hard. Um, but the thing is, you get so high when you've done it 
that that is almost worth the whole arduous problem, you know? And it's so strange because I go through it telling, like, you know, having to write in my journal, this is so hard. I'm never going to manage while this is hard. I feel like this is the hardest ever. It's not. It's always the hardest ever, Mm. okay? And then you get to the very end and you're like, well, that was easy. Let me do it again. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like you forget the pain so that you'll do it again. Sounds, you know, sounds like a little bit like love in a way really, isn't it? Yeah, it's so funny. Like, But that's the other thing is that, I feel like it is a little bit like a compulsion. It's not like I sit down and go, oh, I better write today. I literally can't help myself. I mean, as upsetting as it might be when it doesn't go the way I want, or I literally can't help myself. So no, it's good. It's something you were born to do. Is it hard when you have those times where, I don't know, where you're trying to write things and you want it to be the best writing and, you know, describing things in a really great way? Does that take a bit of time to do and is that when you can come back and do other edits and things and rework things a bit because do you ever sort of had that perfectionism a bit where you're thinking I want to write this the best way that I can you know use the best the best use of words yeah it's really hard because the first part of it is never the best it's going to be the very first part of a book you don't even know how bad it is until you get (laughs) to the last version and you're like wow (laughs) yeah like you know it's ideal but you don't know how bad until you see later versions Mm. so the whole process is difficult I think people underestimate how difficult but I do love it Mm. and when it works it feels so amazing and when all the plot twists start making sense to you it feels so amazing and also you're kind of creating an entire world and these characters who are interrelating and when it gets to the end of one of my books and I've written it like to the end and I've done all the rewrites it honestly feels to me like it's a memory like it's real I lived through it so when people ask me questions about it it's almost as though I've been in that apartment and I've seen whatever they're talking about it's very strange it's almost like your brain has to create the memory oh I can't wait for more What are some of the books that you like reading? You know, what kind of genres or are there any particular books? Do you read a lot while you're writing or do what? how does that all work for you? It kind of swips and swaps. I don't read as much when I'm writing as when I'm not writing. In the spaces between when I've handed something in and I'm waiting for it to come back, I read a lot and I read all different genres. I really love general fiction. Like I love Sally Rooney and I love um, Taylor Jenkins Lee. I actually really love Marianne Keys and I love Robin Harding and I love Samantha Downey. I'm looking at all my books that this is like escapism. Um, they're, they're really, um, they're really clever writers like yourself at sort of just telling a story. I, the thing I love about fiction is it's just it's an escape, and you're learning about these new people, yeah. and you can see and you can imagine yeah. their lives. That's what I love. I love about it so much. Yeah, but I do watch a lot of TV as well. Like literally, while I've been writing this last one, I've watched so much True Blood. I'd never seen True Blood. Oh, okay? I love that I love show. So yeah, I Me too. I'm in love with Eric. Like, yeah. honestly. Eric's the best, yeah. Oh, I love that show, Anna Paquin. Yeah, that was something yeah. I used to watch. I think I had even DVD sets of it back in the day when it was yeah. on. It's such I a good show. It. Oh, I'm so pleased that you've got that, yeah. It's changed everything. Yeah, I love the house that they the grandma has. Like, that house is just oh, so cool. Yeah, yeah. But I do watch a lot of Netflix. I feel like, okay, so you asked about the day. Usually I'll start, uh, start writing and then I'll get sad because I'll decide it's not going as well as I wanted to. Aww. So I'll go for a walk. Yeah. And then I'll come back and watch TV for a bit and I'll go, well, I better try some more. And then I'll <laughs> sit down and write a bit more. And then like, I'll be really happy for a bit. And then I'll go, 
not sure about this, so I'll watch some more TV. And then, like, it very much is a... um, I think you need to almost give yourself breaks. I think I don't think we're designed to sit at a desk all day and nah. pump out work, especially when you're a creative. You do need to take a break to go for a walk and and watch something and just let your brain have a rest and then come back to it fresher, hey? Yeah, well, I've tried it both ways. I have tried sitting and staring at a computer <laughs> for like eight hours because I read that other writers did that. So I thought, well, if it works for them, maybe this is the way you do it, right? Mm. It did not work for me. Okay, you could almost like feel the misery coming through my words. So now I just try to keep, I just try to keep as happy as I can because I feel like it comes across in what you're making, Mm. you know? Yeah, definitely. Do you find you get a bit distracted by things, you know, like social media? I have to hide my phone sometimes and I've got limits on screen time at the moment. So I'm not going on social media too many hours a day. Yeah. Yeah, I can get very bad on social media, but I've actually been okay recently. Like um, I've got this thing where I don't uh, take my phone off airplane mode until I've already had a couple of cups of coffee and worked for a good hour. Mm. So I have a little bit of time where nobody can touch me, right? After that, I do get a little bit addicted, but not the way I used to be. I feel like I may be getting a handle on this whole internet addiction thing. I really (laughs) hope so. Because it was running my life for a while, you know. What have been some of, I guess it's quite cool that with your writing, you know, you get so many people get to enjoy. Is that a really cool feeling? People enjoying what you put out there and all the hard work you put into it. And then being able to connect with people all around the world through your books. Yeah, I really love getting emails from people. Like I get a lot of messages from people saying how much they loved my book or how much it made them, like specifically the Sunday Girl, a lot of people Mm. felt... I got a lot of messages from women who'd been through similar things saying, thank you so much for writing this. You know, I felt so alone, whereas it just shows me that they all do the exact same things. We talk a lot about self-care. What are some of the ways you take care of yourself so that you're able to, I guess, write the best way you can? You mean aside from True Blood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watching shows um, is definitely self-care, yeah. I, de- I definitely feel like reading books, watching TV, going for walks, exercising. And I mean, like, aside from just walking, seeing friends, um, that really helps me. And, like, safe friends, you know, people who just really know you and don't care what kind of mood you're in, that really helps. Sunshine helps dramatically. I didn't even know. I always forget how much I care about sunshine until it's been winter for a while and it starts being sunny again I'm like wow I'm a way happier person I try to eat well I try to sleep well I just try to do all the normal stuff you know I also really try to work on my own internal dialogue because I think it's really easy to be really harsh with ourselves in a way that we would never be with somebody else so I really try to watch that because I think we can internalize a lot of self-loathing which is so stupid because it doesn't help us and most of the time it's untrue Mm. Yeah, definitely. Such good advice. What would be some advice you would like to share with those listening, whether they would like to be an author like you're a best-selling author or I guess live their dreams? What would you tell them? Do not give up and also don't freak out if it looks different than you thought it was going to. Because for example, if I hadn't done all the other creative things I've done, so if I hadn't been an actress for a while, if I hadn't written all those songs, if I hadn't 
studied English at uni, if I hadn't had all the experiences I'd had and really taken the scenic route with life, I wouldn't have had anything to write about. And I wouldn't have so much material still stood up. It wouldn't have happened. You know, it did. It wasn't like I never cared about creativity or art or telling stories. And then one day I decided to write a book and then boom, it worked. There were years and years and years of other things that I was doing that all came together to make that work for me. So if you're out there um, wanting to do something, just keep going with it because you really don't know when things will fall into place. You really don't. Hmm. Um, yeah. Keep going. And what would you tell younger Pip? Do you think she would, you know, looking and knowing that you're a best-selling author, you've written three books, you've got another one on the way and you're going to pump out heaps more. What would you tell her knowing what you know now? I don't know, hey, because I wouldn't want to ruin her journey because I feel like her journey like helped me. Like it wasn't always fun. Like it was really hard. But I'm also so glad that I learned all the things along the way. So I don't even know. Yeah. Other than like. It's hard to know. One thread, it yeah. changes everything. Yeah. And you don't really want to avoid the pain. Like if you come through okay and you survive it, you don't want to remove the pain because that teaches you so much, you know. Mm. And like you say, because, you know, through pain is art and you've got stories to tell and we all do, whatever yeah. people do, you know, you can use that yeah. as your fuel and, and ideas and, and even if it's not your stuff, like because you're writing fiction, yeah. but it can give you ideas for storytelling, I guess. Yeah. It's like, um, it's a bit like if you go to a clairvoyant and then they tell you what's going to happen in your life, which I've also done, FYI. Yeah. Um, it ruins everything mm. because you kind of like start with you want to veer your life that way. And secondly, takes away a little bit of the excitement and the fun of not knowing. Sometimes I think we have to make the mistakes we make and we have to go through certain things. Mm. So the only thing I would say is just like, don't freak out so much about like aesthetics. Like I think as a girl, you spend your whole life feeling like you're not pretty enough or you're not doing this enough or you're not, there's something wrong with you. You're always seeing the stuff that's wrong with you. The only thing I'd probably change would be like, seriously chill with the self-hatred, mm. you know, <laughs> it's stupid and not helpful and we all have to go through it. So yeah, definitely. And what about, I guess, being a creative and putting your work out there, like you said earlier, you can't help but do it, but is that hard sometimes? Are you worried of how it's going to be taken or, you know, it can be quite a passive thing when you release something out into the world. And, and I guess yeah. it's not always, not that you need that gratification or appreciation, but often it feels Passive, if you know what I mean. You put something out there, you might get a few messages here and there or whatever. Do you ever worry about putting things out there or is it, you know, you just do it anyway because you couldn't do any other way? I do it anyway because I couldn't do it any other way, but I do sometimes get concerned. And the reason for that, though, is because I write these women who kind of in their own way, they're all stepping outside what society tells us we have to be as women. And because they're doing that, like each and every single one of them, that means that you are opening yourself up to a certain level of scrutiny from people who are stuck within those societal narratives, right? I mean, the majority, I've actually been so blown away by the support that I've always received from other women and men too. And it really just showed me that we're all kind of sick of the narrative. So, but sometimes you're going to come across people who are stuck in that narrative and their responses are always going to be quite violent and volatile. I think because you're, you're making them question everything that they've always been told, you know. Mm. So that part's not fun. 
But would I do it differently and write characters who don't step outside the societal norms? Hell fucking no. Mm. Like never. I want us to challenge things and I think we should be allowed to do that you know no totally I keep please keep doing it because I think that's why people connected them so much because we are sick of being told you know how things should be and how your life should look and that if you are not living this life then you are deemed a failure for women especially you know there's so much more pressure on women and so much more scrutiny and you know if you're you know I remember even earlier this year people were panicked that I didn't have children and it's like well First of all, oh my God, that's my worst. I hate those questions. I know. And I'm like, <laughs> you have no idea of someone's fertility history yeah. or if they're struggling yeah. or if they can't or if they don't want to. It's none of anyone's business. I just, it's something I feel very passionately about. So please, yeah, keep yeah. keep saying these things because that's so rude and it's no one's business because they don't know what's oh, going no. on. They don't know what's going on in your life. And, and that may be yeah. something really hard for you. Yeah. I think it's so rude and so incredibly insensitive. So, um, and I've also had those questions and it pisses me off in a way that I can't even explain. I went through one stage of every time someone asked me, asked me something like that at a family gathering, I'd be like, um, well, I'm a member of, what was it called? The Voluntary Human Extinction Movement. And then I'd be like. (laughs) Yeah, you've got, you know, best-selling books, but. For some yeah. people, not all, but some people who are set in those dinosaur mindsets, that means nothing yeah. because if we don't have I a know. life that looks a certain way with a picket fence and everything, then nothing's – That's yeah, it's just so silly. There's people that are doing – like yourself that are doing such incredible things that should be celebrated. That is success. I'm, pun, I'm with you on that. Like I think it's hilarious. But I do also think it's changing a little bit. Yeah. I feel like even in the last five, ten years, I feel like it has changed. I feel like I don't feel the same societal pressure as I did like – God, when I think of when I, what I was like when I was 20 – I felt very pressured, right? Whereas now, far less so, but maybe it's just because I've had to deal with it for longer. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you become better, like more resilient. Yeah. So. One last thing. Do your characters that you're writing about, do they inspire you? Do they make you, you must feel quite close with them. Yeah. My God, totally. I think by the end, because people always say, oh, are they, uh, do you put yourself into them? Um, but also I find the characters put themselves into me. So it's like by the end of writing Harper, I really freaking understood her and I kind of thought she was right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally on board with this. This is stupid. <laughs> so yeah, I, I learn a lot from my characters and also you learn a lot through researching stuff. I have learned so much when I've written my books because I've had to really get into the mind space of that character in that situation coming up against a particular hurdle and try to imagine how someone might deal with that and then Googling and YouTubing and learning how to get yourself out of a car boot and, you know, things get real. Do you have a favourite character at all? Or do you have a favourite book that you've written? No, I love them all. Yeah. I really do love all my characters because it would be a bit, I mean, I don't have kids, but I'm sure that it would be a bit like picking a kid. Yeah. You couldn't. You know, they all have things that you love and things that drove you crazy. And so, no, I think I love them all in yeah. their own way. No, we love them all too. And thank you so much for everything you do. We all appreciate your work so much and everything you're doing. And and we're so excited to read more of your work and support what you're doing. So thank you so much for your time and thank you for what you do. Thanks so much for having me, Hey. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're an independent podcast and you can support us by subscribing on your go-to podcast app. Click follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star glowing review. Show us where you're listening. Maybe you're out for a pretty walk. Uh, Or screenshot and post on your Instagram story and tag us in it at Self Love Club podcast so we can see and share. Share with your friends, sisters, workmates, everyone down into our backlog and enjoy listening. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast. I'm Abel Crawford and we'll catch you soon.